This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week it's Giving Tuesday and Mustache Madness for Men's Lacrosse. We caught up with head coach Dan Anino to discuss his team's fundraising success for the Headstrong Foundation. Plus, we introduce you to a pair of first-year basketball players who are having a big impact from the jump here at Bates. And track and field is competing this Saturday in Boston. Head coach Curtis Johnson previews the season. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. For the second year in a row under head coach Dan Anino, Bates Men's Lacrosse is competing in the Headstrong Foundation's Mustache Madness Fundraiser to support children and families battling cancer. The Bobcats captured the title for most money raised last year with more than $30,000, and they're in the championship round once again. Coach Anino joins the Bobcats this week to talk about what this fundraiser means to him and the Bobcats. Well, it's Giving Tuesday, so good as time as ever to talk about Mustache Madness and the Bates Men's Lacrosse team. Head coach Dan Anino with us here on the Bobcast. And coach, first of all, just tell me how the program got involved with this. I know it's uh, throughout college lacrosse, but how did Bates specifically get involved? Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Uh, you know, it is, uh, like you said, headstrong, and this Mustache Madness competition is definitely really tied in with our sport. Um, Nick Kalalori, who's the, the founder of, of Headstrong, was a Hofstra men's lacrosse player um, when he was diagnosed and, and had his battle um, with cancer. Uh, so it's something that's tied in pretty deeply with our sport. But um, when I came in last year uh, to lead the program, um, we looked at some ways that we can get involved in, in giving back and serving the lacrosse community. And this is actually something that our guys had brought up and, and brought to me and said this is something we can rally behind so uh and, and we're definitely glad we did right and the team has raised over twenty thousand dollars so far for the headstrong foundation i mean how impressive is that our guys have done a remarkable job um coming off the heels of last year winning this competition raising i think just north of thirty thousand uh we definitely had big shoes to fill here but um you know our guys have have kind of really jumped in with two feet and they've been really creative and fun and um but most importantly, done a great job of raising a bunch of money for an awesome organization. So it's down to the wire, right? Because you're looking to defend the title, basically. And these next few days are key, right? Uh, absolutely. So we're in the championship round right now, starting on Tuesday, running through Thursday. Um, and we got a really, really good battle with Arcadia right now for uh, a chance to defend our title and, and retain the crown, so to speak. And the Headstrong Foundation, for those who don't know, what does it do to support cancer patients and their families? Absolutely. I mean, they do um, a ton. I think one thing that we're re really rallying behind um, is something that's striking pretty close to home for us here in New England, and that's uh, a program that the Headstrong Foundation runs called called uh, Nick's House. Mm -hmm. um, and Nick's House is a program uh, that supplies uh, and, and allows for free housing uh, for families who are go undergoing cancer treatment, uh, and in particular, uh, families who are coming from out of region to some of the major uh, medical centers. Um, it's a program that started in the Philadelphia area where the Kalalori family is from, um, but they actually just, Headstrong just um, closed on a house here in the, in the Boston area, which will allow families who are from more than 50 miles outside of Boston to get um, free accommodations and housing to pursue some of the most cutting edge 
cancer treatment uh, for, for those in their family. Excellent. Well, any thoughts you wanted to share on mustache madness and how the team has rallied around it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just an incredible opportunity for us um, as a team to really understand the impact that we can have um, and the, the reach that we can have, you know, far outside of our bubble and just our campus. Um, you know, when we put our heads together, we have the opportunity to change the world. And I think our guys are, are really starting to feel that. And we get that added bonus of, you know, we get to compete for championships and, and we get a little practice at that too. Excellent. Well, for those of you listening right now, we'll include the link to donate um, in the description of the podcast. But Dan, I want to thank you so much for joining the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. The basketball teams were the only Bobcats in action last week, and the women's basketball team remained undefeated with wins over Southern Maine and WPI. The Bobcats are 5-0 for the first time since the 2004-2005 season, and on Sunday, the Bobcats took command early in an impressive 58-37 win over the Engineers. Every Bates player who played scored, but no one on the Bobcats finished in double-figure scoring. The first time that's happened in a win for Bates since at least the 1995-96 season. First-year Maya Hicks led all Bates scores Tuesday in the 67-60 win over USM with 12 points and followed that up with nine more points Sunday against WPI, shooting 5 of 9 from three-point range between the two games. And Maya Hicks is our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Maya, I mean, a big start to the year for the women's basketball team. We had you on the broadcast after the win there over WPI, but just take us back growing up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We were talking off air, big Michigan basketball fan, um, right down the street from the arena. Tell me a little bit about how maybe that developed your love of basketball, you know, growing up in a college town like that. Growing up, I always played every other sport except basketball. I come from a big basketball family, so they never wanted to, like, push me into it, but... As soon as, like, third grade, we would start going to the women's games because they're, like, a dollar to get into. So they tried to get as much support as possible, and I just, like, fell in love with it. I told my dad I wanted a team when I was, like, fourth grade because he's a basketball coach. So, like, being able to watch girls that you can look up to was always super exciting, and I always went to camps and everything, and it was always super nice. I enjoyed it. Did your parents play basketball in college? Um, my dad played in college. My mom is a D1 cheerleader. Um, she's super good at being supportive from the sidelines, but my dad did play, yes. Where did he play? He played at Central Michigan and Drake. Okay, great. And uh, was he ever your team's coach growing up? Yes, I actually played for my dad up until I was like 16, 17 for both um, my travel program and my high school. So I played for him for quite a long time, so I'm a very big coach's kid. Yeah, what is that dynamic like, you know, being the coach's daughter? Kind of difficult to answer. It definitely has its pros and cons. Um, like, it's nice being able to learn things from a coach's perspective. Like, we'd always talk about basketball at home, so I get to know how, like, a coach's mind works. But then, you know, it's always like you're they're super hard on you, so it always pushed me to be better. Certainly. And then you mentioned um, you, know, you went to boarding school mm-hmm. um, in Connecticut, right? Yes. And so what was behind maybe that decision to come out to the East Coast. You know, some kids may not be ready for boarding school, but you felt like you were. Funny enough, it was actually my dad's idea (laughs) Um, because I always knew I wanted to be a college basketball player, but um, he felt it would be best that I get some different perspective and someone else that can coach me. And so we started looking at boarding schools, and even I wasn't a fan of it at all at first. I'm super close to people at home. But once I started meeting people and seeing the area, I fell in love with it, and I'm really happy I made that decision. So you come out to the East Coast. Now you're looking at colleges. You mentioned you know NESCAC was attractive to you. Why? What about the NESCAC stood out, and then what about Bates stood out within the NESCAC? Mm-hmm. I always wanted to use basketball as a tool to also get like a great education. Like It was never about how big the school was or how flashy the program was. I just wanted somewhere where I would enjoy the team, enjoy the environment, and get the best education possible. So that was like the most important part to me, and obviously the NESCAC was really attractive for that. 
but um Bates itself just felt like I felt so at home as soon as I was on campus like the team is like they're so genuine with each other and they're all each other's best friends the coaching staff they're just so intentional about the way they spoke to me throughout my entire recruiting process and even today like they genuinely care about you as people and I always felt that like if basketball never became an option like I'd be comfortable staying at Bates for four years because it just felt so at home. And then your junior year in high school, Bates wins the NESCAC title Mm -hmm. for the first time ever in women's basketball. How close were you tracking that, you know, as a high school student? It was super cool. I was like, oh my gosh, no way this program wants me. I was like, I felt, it was was like, I felt very like special about it. But at the same time, it was like, you know, there's big shoes to fill stepping into a program with that type of reputation now. And then your first five games, all wins so far for Bates. Mm -hmm. Um, What's it been like, the transition, you know, maybe from your high school playing days to college? What's been maybe the biggest adjustment for you? I'd say the biggest adjustment was just getting used to the pace of play. Like, girls are much faster, much stronger, much more skilled. So it definitely has taken a minute to get used to, but our teammates have pushed us so hard all preseason, so it's really helped me and the other freshmen adjust. Have you always been kind of, you know, a sharp shooter? You mentioned your dad (laughs) encouraged you to shoot the three, right? Yes. um, (laughs) It's definitely been my forte the majority of my basketball life. Um... I didn't play any other position besides shooting guard until I went to boarding school. So it's definitely been my area of expertise, I would say. So at boarding school, what were you playing? I was playing point guard, oh. and I, I was not used to it at all whatsoever. Growing up, I always had a good friend that would play that position, so we worked off of each other. So playing that position really like exposed my weaknesses and forced me to get better at it. Four first years this year. I know Petra is injured, but yes. you've got uh, Sarah Hughes, Angel Huntsman. What's mm-hmm. it like playing with them so far? And you know, what's this recruiting class? What's this group like, kind of? I absolutely love the other freshmen. We've become so close so fast, um, and I love playing with them. I think we all have our own unique um, skill set. We work off of each other well without like overpowering each other, I feel like. Um, I have played with Petra in the past. We went to boarding school together. So I've gotten glimpses of being able to play with her despite her injuries, but I'm super excited for when she'll be back in with us. Well, yeah, tell us what kind of player she is because we haven't gotten to see her yet. (laughs) Um, Petra's one of those people that she has that type of talent that you're like, you just can't create that. She's just long, lanky. She gets up and down the floor so fast. Like, bigs can't really guard her, and then she's too big for guards to guard her. So she's a really tough person to play against. So when you're both being recruited by Bates, were you kind of talking to each other about, you know, your college decisions or was it almost independent? Um, I would say it was actually mostly independent. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was going to Bates before she did, and I didn't want to, like, influence her decision too much because it is a very personal decision. But I think me coming did help because being an international student, it is nice having connections already. So that I think, helped her decision. That's what she likes to tell me, but you never really know. <laughs> Excellent. And then, um, you know, the defense this year, this up-tempo style, the, the swarming defense. Did you play like this in boarding school, or is this new? Uh, this is definitely new, not, like, just to me, but to the program. Yeah. Like, it's been something we've been trying to create as part of our identity. Um, so it's definitely newer. I haven't played like this since I played for my dad, so it's been a minute. Um, but I think it's we're starting to get into the groove of it and starting to find our identity within it. Yeah, I mean, it, the team must have been thrilled with the Sunday's game because WPI's been a really close game the last few years, mm-hmm. and this year just <laughs> blew them out of the water in the first quarter. Yeah, we, me and um, Sarah Hughes, the other freshman, we were um, both talking about it before the game. We were, like, super nervous because this was the one game the team was like, all right, this is, like, a big challenge for us. Like, we really got to be focused. And we came, we were like, oh, like, our defense is doing so well. And it was a... I don't want to say it was a surprise, but it was just nice to see all our hard work from practice paying off. 
Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far? Maybe goals you have kind of going forward, this being your rookie year here at Bates? I try not to keep too many expectations on myself. It's been something I struggle with. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, being a freshman, I'm just trying to find the roles I fit into to help the team be most successful. But I feel like that's how everyone on the team is. And we, like, generally care about each other and the team's success. So whatever we need to do for that is what we're trying to do. And I think it'll play out nicely for us. Excellent. Well, if you're listening on a Tuesday, the Bobcats play tonight, <laughs> 7.30 at Husson. Maya Hicks, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The men's basketball team earned their first win of the year on Tuesday when the Bobcats defeated previously unbeaten Southern Maine by a score of 78-68. to The Bobcats fell to Babson on Sunday, but first-year Babacar Pui had a breakout performance against the Beavers, pouring in a season-high 18 points on 8-14 of shooting and grabbing 9 rebounds. Pui has made an immediate impact in the front court for Bates, and he is our male Bobcat of the week. Well, Babacar, against Babson, I mean, you just had a really a breakout game of, of sorts there, especially that dunk. I really enjoyed it. But uh, tell yeah. me about what was working for you there against the Beavers. I had a couple of early buckets, um, and that really got my confidence up. I feel like often once I'm, like, scoring and, like, I'm really feeling my flow, like, I kind of just, like, kind of get in that kill mode. And coming in, um, I've been disappointed in myself uh, for not, like, playing at my, like, my best or, like, my potential. I was coming into this game, like, knowing, like, oh, like, I really got to step it up. Kind of came in with, like, a kill mindset. And the paint was super wide open for most of the game. They were really, like, stuck to their man. I knew we had shooters. That kind of helped with clearing the paint up. So I was just able to catch it and go to work, like, right off of that. So, yeah. You grew up in California. So uh, what first got you into the sport of basketball? I know you played football also. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, and then what appealed to you about coming all the way across the country to Bates? So I started playing basketball in fifth grade. Uh, I was, like, a 5'7 chubby kid. I was the worst player on my team. <laughs> worst player on my team for, like, my first four years. Um, hit a growth spurt, but um, I just kept working at it. I had a bunch of people, um, like, in my corner, like, trying to get me better every day, knowing, like, they saw I had talent and potential, kept working with me. Um, by the time I was a senior, uh, I was just really enjoying it, just, like, playing it, like, having my own flow. Um, and growing up at Kate School, it's a boarding school. Um, I had a teacher there, and um, I live on campus there, and a bunch of my neighbors, we have – Players on the football team and soccer team, uh, their kids go here. Uh, Kabi Namako and Harry Corman on the soccer team mm-hmm. and Maddie Holmes on the football team uh, and some other kids, too, from uh, alumni from my school end up coming here. So I knew about Bates and, like, I knew it was a good school. So I kind of want to come see what the East Coast was about. I visited last year. I really enjoyed the vibes. I loved the team. And it's great education, so I just knew it was going to be a great fit for me. So uh kind of just end up working out. Excellent. Now, we're talking on Tuesday afternoon, early afternoon. You're leaving in less than two hours for Husson. And I understand um, one of the Husson players is a former teammate of yours. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, Riles Neff, their go-to guard. I played AU basketball with him for probably like a year and a half. But I'm honestly, I'm just really trying to, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, his mom actually texted me um, talking some smack. So <laughs> um, I'm really excited to get into it. Just trying to like play my game. Uh, just play the right, right, right way, as Coach Roberts is always saying, and um, come out with a win, play Bobcat basketball, and, yeah, make sure we make sure we get the job done. You give your teammates a little scouting report on him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, he can, he can, uh, if you get a, if, if you get under his skin a little bit, he can get a little <laughs> irritated, so <laughs> hopefully we can exploit that a little bit. Now, you mentioned when you first started playing, you were, you were 5'7", you know, obviously not an ideal height. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Seven, six, yeah, about 6'7", yeah. Yeah, so... The growth spurt, I mean, how did you kind of handle it from a basketball perspective? Because you probably started off not playing the post and then having a different role as you grew, right? Um, well, actually, 
I was when I was five seven in fifth grade. Um, I was more on the taller side, okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. I was used to playing in the post for a while. Uh-huh. Um, I've always been told like once I get to college, like I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to like branch out and like play on the wing a little bit. Um, I can shoot it a little bit, so playing outside, like catching and shooting, uh, I think like something that separates me from other bigs. But I'm also able to like catch the ball in the paint and like work go to work in there. So I feel like that makes me a little more versatile. Yeah, and uh, you know, Coach Furbush mentioned this year. Obviously, you know, right now Devin Harris is hurt, but I mean, you, him, uh, Shawer, some pretty good size in the post, and maybe a little bit different style this year than the past years for Bates. And so, what's it been like, kind of adjusting to the game plan and everything? Where you know, some games you might be the focus down there in the low block. It was kind of hard when I first came because yeah. Devin and Shawer were kind of just punking me like every day. <laughs> I was just kind of, I was like, dang, like, am I really gonna get like any minutes? Like these dudes are like crushing me every day, but. I don't know, I kind of got into my flow. I, I'm just realizing Coach Burbridge really emphasizes um, and really wants us to focus on defense and rebounding. And um, I know if I can do those two things uh, at least every day, we can grow as a team and like he'll, he'll have faith in me and I can help my other guards. I know sometimes that being the focus in the paint can um, can be good for our team because um, I'm also like pretty good at passing it out and finding my shooters. So. Um, that's also something that, like, I bring to the team. Um, and, yeah, I mean, adjusting to, like, the game plan and, like, college basketball in general even, um, the pace is a lot different and, like, it's way more physical. But I'm honestly enjoying it, like, a lot more. I'm just, like, I really enjoy the environment and, like, the um, hype that we bring to the game every day and, like, how seriously it's taken. I just love that. Well, it's, I like how you mentioned going up against Devin and Schwer in practice. I mean, that must be, like, an iron sharpens iron type situation, right? I mean, you guys going to battle. I mean, t- t- there might be some good stories from those uh, practices, right? No, definitely. Um, Schwer, also Ben Leach, too. Ben Leach, yeah. um, although he doesn't see the court too much, he's definitely, like, some one of the dudes that gets me way better. Um, he boxes me out harder than anyone I know. Mm. Um, he'll push me out of the paint, like, really hard. Schwer, too. Um, so honestly, like playing against them in practice, they've, they're probably like tougher than, um, a lot of the bigs I've faced. Uh, at least they like, they go way harder in practice than like a lot of the bigs in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, they get me a lot, a lot better. Um, actually my first day here when I first, um, I first touched down, came up here, Misha where Devin and Simon went to go play. Uh, Shwe actually ended up dunking on me like one of our, one of our first plays. I was like, dang, like is this really what it's gonna be like. But honestly, it was really nice first day to like play with them and yeah, they, they've been getting me a lot better. So yeah. I'm really appreciative of them. I want to go back to the growth spurt. When was your first dunk? My first dunk. Yeah, I think I remember the actually the, the exact day. I think it was May fourth, 2019. Yeah, um, I was like six. I was six two, about to be six three. Mm-hmm. I was in eighth grade. And I, I, I'd been trying for, like, an hour. Like, I just eventually just got it. I was so hyped, so hyped. I showed my siblings, and they were like, oh, whatever. Like, they didn't really care. I was like, dang, like, what's this, what's this about? But, so that was in practice. I was kind of like. Uh, yeah, I was just practicing by myself in the gym. Now, what about in a game? In a game. Yeah. Uh, it was summer of 2020. I was playing in Colorado. Uh-huh. Um, I just came down. Me and my teammates, uh. It was an AAU tournament. Me and my teammates have been dominating, like, the whole tournament. And I, that was the wrong time I, like, really started dunking, like, above the rim um, and, like, getting really up there. So I just got it. Came down, like, full court, one, two, and just threw it down. It was probably one of the best moments of my life. Awesome. So you were able to play during 2020 despite all Nicole Yeah, and Colorado was one of the t- uh, places. I think it was in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just having regular tournaments out there. Mm. So I'd been out there. I went out there twice that summer. Um 
competition was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was really fun out there. Uh, nice, nice, nice area too. Yeah, excellent. Um, and then I guess you know, just from a team perspective, you know, getting that win over USM, what was it like to get the first win of the year? What was the team feeling like after that victory? Um, it was really good. Uh, after being zero four, you know, like you kind of kind of feel down on yourself a little bit, but. Um, Simon McCormick, uh, big hats off to him because he was bringing the energy from like the jump. Like we had a team lift at 10 a.m. that day. He made sure everyone was locked in. Everyone was um, like doing what they needed to be doing during our walkthrough. Like he wasn't messing around. Like he was making sure like we were all focused. Like he was just bringing it in. Like making sure we were magnified, knowing like exactly what we needed to do that day. Because he was sick of losing. I'm sick of losing. Like but having a senior in that position, like as a captain too. Um, when you see that, it just makes you want to go harder too. So big applause to Simon. Excellent. And then, I mean, you know, just from a team perspective, what are you guys kind of focused on now? You know, get back to maybe 500, get into winning record as you go along this season in terms of areas of improvement you're kind of working on, I guess. I think something we've recognized as a team is um, what it means, like what Bobcat basketball means. Mm-hmm. Um, something Coach Ferber talked to us about yesterday is like the pride of this team should come from defense and rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, offense, we have pretty much like our whole roster is capable of scoring on offense. So, um, that should be our secondary focus, but something we really need to understand and like emphasize is getting stops and um, rebounds because we're pretty good in transition too. We can get a lot of scoring out of that. So if we're able to get stops and like get out and running, that can also help our offense too. So overall, just getting defensive stops is going to like really focus and like help us uh, get some more wins. Yeah, and for you defensively, what areas are you kind of working on? Because you'll be up against you know post players most games, I would imagine. So mm-hmm, yeah. Defensively for me, just trying to make sure the post players I'm playing against don't have easy catches in the post so they can't, like, work work out on me easily. And um, also making sure I can, like, box out uh, my player every possession because um, big men are known for, like, getting offensive rebounds, just yeah. making sure my guy doesn't get any offensive rebounds and um, making sure I get the ball off the glass and getting it to my guard as fast as I can so we can get out and running. And also help defense a little bit, just trying to get faster and like knowing my positioning and making sure I can help my guards in their beat. Because if I can, if I can become a better and more elite rim def- uh, rim protector, that can help our team a lot more. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about you know the season so far, your your adjustment to college, or anything you want to mention we haven't got to talk about yet? I'm honestly like I've been I've been loving it out here in Maine. Um, it's a big big change from California. Yeah, a little I mean, bit, right? Um, <laughs> I grew up kind of like in a small beach town. Mm. But um, I kind of like the East Coast vibe. I never really like. I've never really seen foliage out here. Like, yeah. Um, I saw snow like a week a week ago. You're like, gonna see more no, of it. No, no, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that was like my second time seeing yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was honestly, I'm just really excited and like I'm really um really blessed and like uh, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to um kind of see these things because um I know a lot. Not a lot of people do. So I'm just trying to. Trying to make sure I'm great, grateful for everything that I have um, day in, day out. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Baba Karpui, our male Bobcat of the Week. We're going to get this posted as soon as we can because we got men's basketball today, 530, yes, up sir. at Husson. So check that out. The links to watch and the live stats are at GoBatesBobcats.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really thank, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Coming off a strong cross-country season, the track and field teams are hitting the ground running with a pair of meets in Boston on Saturday. It's a chance for the distance runners to put up some strong early season times. And head coach Curtis Johnson has the full preview. Well, people think of track and field starting in January, but you have some meets here in December, including one this weekend. Tell us about the meet that some of your athletes will be head to down in Boston. Absolutely. So, you know, every year we get 
excited and, and we look forward to bringing some athletes to the BU Sharon Collier um, or any meet that can showcase that our athletes are they're fit and they're ready before the new year. Um, and so uh, we're really excited. The BU Sharon Collier is a meet that's going to feature not only some of the best across all divisions, including the NCAA Division I national championship runner um, from Florida, but also it's going to feature a lot of amazing professional runners. So throughout the heats, yeah, we're going to have a few athletes running at the BU Sharon Collier. And we're also going to have a group uh, down the street at uh, New Balance at a meet for um, another opportunity to run. It's so tough to get athletes in that Sharon Collier meet because of all the competition that uh, we have a, a handful also competing down the street and they're, they're fit and ready to go. Great. So who is in the Sharon Collier meet, though? Absolutely. So the Sharon Collier meet is going to have uh, Ned Farrington, mm-hmm. our most recent cross-country All-American. He's going to run in the 5K. Um, and based on what he did over the 8K, uh, we know he's excited and ready to go. Jackson Mons and, and Ross Tejeda is going to run the mile. On the women's side, we're going to have Metal Gregory, uh, Jen Casino, and Julia run the mile. We're going to have Chrissy, Corinne, and Leah uh, run in the 3K race. So that's an amazing group there. Down the street at the Suffolk Relays meet, we're going to have a group of five, three milers and, and two two guys in the 5K. So that's uh, Miles and that, Nikhil in the mile, and then Ben and Sam in the 5K. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited. This is a, a group coming right off the cross-country season. Um, so they're in peak shape. So this is something we've seen in years past allowing them to use that fitness and use it right away before they kind of settle into the indoor season. Terrific. And then for the athletes maybe not competing this weekend and preparing for the January meets, where are they at right now in terms of what you're working on and everything you know, leading into uh, the, the holiday break we have coming up before we get going there in January? Yeah, so, you know, the rest of the track and field group is looking amazing. And uh, actually, some of our power athletes, so that's the sprints, throws, jumps group, uh, they actually have, um, we have a group competing next week as well um, at Northeastern. And that is going to be similarly a chance for people who we know are fit and ready to go to get a good mark out of the way and then really settle into the new year and the competitions ahead. Um, So these first two weekends actually are going to be amazing for uh, a smaller group to set the tone for the season ahead and um, just feeling really good about where the team is right now. Tell us about your uh, captains on both sides. We started the track and field season with some of our power group athletes really leading the way. Um, Obviously cross and track uh, overlap. So uh, Maddie Lee and Aaron Hanlon on the women's side, um, they are going to be joined by uh, Isabel May and Corinne Cullingberg for a group of four. On the men's side, uh, we're going to have James Guiney and Kevin O'Connor uh, joining uh, Ned Farrington, and they'll have a trio of captains for the men. So um, it's really cool. We have uh, three men and four women and a combined group of um, a seven between the two programs. And uh, no matter what the outcome of a season is, we always can tell how we're going to do based on how this season, uh, this, this, the season, the training is going. And this group has absolutely shown, whether from preseason or from the cross-country season, that they're ready to help our teams go uh, a very long way. And um, later on in the year, we have championships in February, so we, we have a great group to lead the way. Excellent. And then uh, for you personally, I mean, this is your second year leading both programs. So what's that experience been like? And what did you maybe learn from year one that you're going to apply to year two? What's really been key for, you know, success at Bates since I've been here eight years now, um, it's just been that we are stronger when we have depth across the board. So we're not only excited to be showing and and utilizing that depth this year, um, but it's been a big part of our recruitment. So our current teams, but also just the outlook for our programs, 
we know in order to be a factor, um, not only throughout the season, but championships, we have to have people who can, you know, spread out. Um, we get to championships where there's 20 to 21 events, and you want to do your best to cover the board in all 20, 21 events when it, when it counts. So um, you think about eight scoring places in 20 events, you got to have um, not only a good roster size, but athletes ready to perform at the highest level. Um, and obviously, our conference um, is not where we focus on championships indoor. It's the New England Championship indoor. Right. So it's our NESCAC conference plus the um, all the other amazing conferences in the region. So uh, it, it's such a it's such an honor to perform well there, and I think we have the team to do it. You mentioned Kevin O'Connor being one of the captains. He's one of the sprinters, and he was part of really a breakthrough year for the sprinters last year. You know, a lot of records were being broken throughout the season. I understand Derek Shen is coming back. Is that right? Yeah, so, you know, last year was uh, – there were a ton of sparks um, yeah. across the board, and definitely in that sprints group they um, they broke some records individually but also came together for a really impressive 4 by one um, You know, Kevin, as I mentioned, he's a captain. He's a junior. He has been leading by example, and – um, Derek is returning as um, as a one of those many athletes who lost a season or two because of COVID and things like that. So um, this time of year, you know, Bates is not a school where we get a fifth year action, but we are this yeah. year. So uh, Derek broke our school record in the 60 last year, and um, he'll be back in January. So we're going to be excited to have him back in the mix um, and just prepare for another year where we can we can grow together. Great, and then I mean, in terms of some athletes who maybe maybe weren't headliners last year, but we might be moving up this year a little bit. We might hear their names throughout the season. Who should we prepare for to possibly see put up some nice times? Oh my God, Aaron! There's so many names, <laughs> and that's that is such a, a tough question yeah. because uh, we have a lot of returners, and I mean, this freshman class, both men and women, they're impressive, they're exciting, and as I mentioned before, you know, the tone that you kind of want set early on to envision a good year. I've been really feeling that now, and so. Um, I can't even give you names this time. I promise. I just really, there's so many people across the board that we're looking forward to. Very young team. And, um, you know, when we get to the meet action, I think we're going to show you right away how young our team is and how talented they are. Um, even as early as December, you're going to see some of that youth uh, performing. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun season. Um, I'm really honored to be leading, uh, you know, into our second year as a co-ed program and, um, I'm hoping that, you know, the team really starts to feel one week at a time how, how competitive we're going to be. Yeah, I guess we'll see those names pop up in the results soon enough, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to kick off the season and the group. Uh, we're bringing a bigger group uh, to competitions in December, a mm. uh, testament to their hard work and, and, and readiness this time of year. Excellent. What are your thoughts you want to share on the upcoming season we haven't got to talk about yet? You know, I'm just really pumped to, you know, have – Ned uh, Farrington joining, uh, you know, the amazing history of All-Americans. Yeah. What a resilient effort by both our cross-country teams this year um, in a fall with things that we just couldn't have predicted. So I'm really proud to show that not only were we able to perform well, uh, but we have the heart to, you know, have a great season this year. All right, Curtis Johnson, thanks so much. Thank you. Come to the Bates Squash Center this Saturday to check out the Bobcats in their home openers. The women host Bowden at 10.30 a.m., and both teams take on Trinity Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Those are the only home events this week for Bates Athletics, but you can find the complete schedule for all Bobcat sports teams at GoBatesBobcats.com. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.
Thank you.